today on Lawyers Rising. And then later I tried to look for a law job again and, and I kind of just looked like I was a little bit flaky and I'd been out of it too long. Why it's career suicide to leave your job without another one already lined up. Hello and welcome to today's show. I'm joined by three members of the BCG Attorney Search Team. Jennifer McNeil is a legal recruiter, Bree Mills is recruiting manager, and Harrison Barnes is the chief executive and managing director. Hello to you all. So one of the uh, big things that I was always warned about when I entered into my professional career was to never leave one job without having another one. Not everyone is aware of that, are they, Harrison? And I guess that's why you wanted to write this article that you recently posted at bcgsearch.com, why lawyers should never quit a job without another one lined up. It's it's basically boils down to the way that you're going to be perceived by future employers with ha- by get, having a gap in your resume. It makes you look somewhat... Well, what exactly? Well, it makes you, there's a couple different things. I mean, you know, lawyers are, will judge another attorney that's not working, will believe they've been fired. You know, lawyers typically will not say bad things about other attorneys. And so, you know, if an attorney isn't working, the, the main thing that people believe is that they, they, were, they were let go. Uh, and because the attorney was let go, there's, there's usually going to be problems with their performance. It's not like attorneys are tested all the time in terms of whether or not they're competent. You know, you take the bar exam once and, and then you're kind of you have a license forever. But, you know, a lot of people just aren't good at it. And so if an attorney is not good at it, then there's problems. So there's typically two problems. It could be technical competence, meaning the person's just not picking up ideas and things and doesn't isn't technically competent. And then the second thing is, you know, emotionally, they can't get along with other groups of people. And so that's a problem. So those are kind of the two big warning signs, I think, that that are there. Bree or Jen, can you share some of your perspectives on this, especially as it relates to some of your clients that you've had to try and place in new positions that may have gaps in their resume? Does it make their lives a lot more difficult? I think sometimes it takes a lot longer than they would expect to find a new job. I've had candidates quit for reasons that were maybe a little bit questionable to employers. And one of them had a fantastic pedigree, but he left for a year to go travel. And when he started his job search again, it took a few months. And I think he was really shocked that it took as long as it did because he had very long-term employment with one law firm, one of the top firms in the country, and just was shocked that it took as long as it did. So I think it can be a very difficult thing for a candidate who's trying to look for something new um, if they're unemployed. And I've had other candidates who left a job to focus on their search, and that raised huge red flags. And then when I dug a little deeper, he said that he didn't like the work he was getting, that he was too busy to focus on his search. So he decided to leave the firm. And you know, it took him almost a year to find something else. And he actually found a job on his own without a recruiter. So I have seen over and over again that being unemployed is like kind of a a huge mark on someone's resume. Bree, has that been your experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think people think that they're making the right decision for themselves because they're just so miserable and they just want to sort of pull a parachute and get the heck out of there um, and really are not thinking too much about what that's going to mean for them in their job search. I mean, I I personally went through a similar thing and Jen, I think you did as well, where I was just so unhappy at my firm and I decided to leave um, or at least I decided to take a leave of absence um, and see if I could try to find something that would make me happier. Um, and one of the things I know Harrison talks about in this article is I was able to actually keep myself on the firm website while I was doing that search because that's absolutely imperative that 
that way, if you're trying to get an, another employer and they're looking you up at your current job, you still are being shown that you're there. But not having a full understanding of how the firm is going to view that, it, there's just really no good excuse for why you leave that firm. It just opens up so many questions as to what was the real reason behind this. And you're just, you're really inviting a lot more questions than you need to. And so sometimes it's just a matter of just got to kind of suck it up and, and stick with it because you're just shooting yourself in the foot, really. Just to open it up to everyone, does that sort of jive with your experience about the perception of, of leaving a job early? Yeah, I think a lot of times somebody leaves a job, you know, I, I speak with a lot of candidates who are like, oh, I'm just not happy. I don't like the practice area. I don't like the firm. I could find something else, you know, something else elsewhere. And I think sometimes like what I hear is that they just don't like being an attorney. So I think, you know, it does sort of cause some alarm to me. Uh, even if I place them somewhere else, they may not be happy and they may leave. So. You know, I think there are certain signs to look for, you know, when somebody is no longer employed, they kind of left for a reason. And and usually those reasons aren't good. And then as far as morale goes, you know, if they're with a firm and have low morale and just really don't like the job, like usually people can tell. So if they're kind of coming in and, and not taking care of themselves and not getting the job done or what have you, like they may eventually get fired even if they don't quit. So it's really good to be proactive and try to line something up before that happens. Can you talk more about what to do when you're in that position? And again, I'll leave this to, to, to anyone. When you're feeling unhappy, you want to do something else. You're really emphasizing, don't just leave <laughs> and make sure you have something lined up. But can you talk about those proactive steps that you maybe should undertake before just uh, just kind of leaving in a huff? I mean, I think one thing you can do, and this is something I did when I was with a firm, is speak with my mentors and kind of try to ascertain like, what exactly I'm looking for, what type of work I want, et cetera. That may include changing practice areas with the firm or going somewhere else and just, you know, networking within the community, like the practice area that you work in and sort of figuring out like which firms, you know, whether you want to go to another firm and which firms might be a good fit. Um, I also did things when I was looking, I took an aptitude test, to kind of see if law was the right fit for me. And it, it, it actually told me that law was not a great fit for my aptitudes, that I should go into something more like sales or marketing. So that kind of gave me some like relief. And then also, you know, I think speaking with recruiters, I mean, people get calls from recruiters all the time and like they know a lot about the market and which firms are busy, which ones are not, you know, um, the practice area. And, you know, most recruiters, if they think they can help you, they will. So, and the way I like to recruit is I, I ultimately want the best result for the candidate and that they wind up with something they're happy with. So I think really being proactive if you're unhappy is, is super important because otherwise like you might wind up fired for low morale. Well, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, a, a lot of stuff to what Jen just said. I mean, the first thing I think that everyone, you know, that you need to realize is that the culture of the firm you're at and the people you're working with can make a huge difference. And so it's not always, it's not always the firm you're at. It's not always a practice a lot that makes you unhappy. It's the, it's the type of people that you're working with and the type of work the firm has and how well the firms run you know, the opportunities that are there and whether or not you feel comfortable in that environment. And so what happens to a lot of people is I think they end up in a firm that just completely doesn't match the personality or the type of people they should be working with. And and that ends up really harming them. One thing that's interesting to me that I also notice in, in terms of the attorneys that are most unhappy practicing law is it's generally attorneys in large cities. When I talk to people that are in smaller markets, 
I think that they have a lot more client contact. They're not as interested in you know moving around as much. They seem to be much happier. I think the large markets, a lot of times in the way that practice has been industrialized and, and people are taken for granted and not really considered as individuals and there's no one really looking out for you. I think that that, that actually is something where people are much unhappier than they would be in, in, in smaller markets. You know, in terms of like a self-assessment, um, you know, there's, you know, you can always go to smaller firms, you can go to, um, you know, larger firms that may be a better fit culturally. You can, and like Jen said, I mean, you know, taking a self-assessment in terms of what's good for you you know, you should think about like the things that interest you the most. And if it's if it's not practicing law, it might be something else that you'd be very good at because people never do that well when they're doing something where they're not completely engaged. And um, if you're not completely engaged and don't enjoy what you're doing and you're just kind of going through the steps, then, you know, you're, you're never going to be that good at it. And um, if you're not that good at it, you're never going to earn that much money and you're never going to get a lot of, you know, satisfaction from it. You're just going to kind of be going through the motions. And almost everybody out there has something that they're very good at. I mean, I knew someone that was just, you know, when I was growing up, I'm just thinking that was very interested in sports and um, but not a great athlete. And that person, you know, now is a well-known producer of sports programs. And, you know, and I and I and I'm thinking about another person I knew when I was growing up that ended up going was very good at like math and business related things and ended up going to Wharton and then decided he wanted to be a doctor. And because his dad was a doctor and then um, ended up becoming a doctor. And I saw him, you know, recently at a, a reunion and, you know, he, he'd lost all the self-confidence he had. He wasn't the kind of doctor he should have been. I mean, I think he was working like in a small clinic. If people do the wrong professions, then they're going to be in trouble. I mean, imagine, for example, if someone like, and I'm just using this as a funny example, but if someone like Donald Trump, you know, tried to be a surgeon, I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. It's not using his his, you know, whatever his skills are. It sounds like you encounter this quite often that people will go through law school, pass the bar and then enter into the career only then to realize that, oh, geez, maybe this wasn't for me, which I find kind of surprising. But is it something that you guys run into on a on a regular basis? I think so. I mean, I know from personal experience, you know, I was a good student growing up. I did well in college. You know, my parents encouraged me to become an attorney and I thought it was a great a great career move for me to have success later in life. And I think, you know, I think as Harrison mentioned earlier, like we make these decisions when we're very young, you know, maybe didn't have real world experience. And it just seems like a good idea. You know, if you're a smart, a smart kid and are trying to figure out what to do with your life. So, you know, and then it's glamorized on TV and in movies and it looks a lot different than what the actual practice is. So I do think I meet a lot of people who are just very, very smart, great students who you know, maybe wind up in law for the wrong reasons and really sort of question it once they start working in a firm. I think it's funny what you say, Jen, about, you know, you see it on TV and movies, because I always think really, if you're going to do like a montage scene of what it's like to be a lawyer, it's just various uh, shots of you at your desk researching. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not making the, the grand proclamations in court and, and stuff like that. So I think that's absolutely true. But I mean, at the same time, you know, you there is some stuff that's super exciting about being a lawyer and it's being able to sort of 
parse the the good from the bad and find you know if you're somebody who gets a thrill out of some of the stuff that you get to be do being a lawyer like when you do get to like talk to your clients and really figure something out it's a really great profession for somebody who's super curious and wants to figure something like inside and out and be clever and those are the things that made me excited about being a lawyer and so i think seizing on those things and being able to find joy in that stuff it is important to succeed and is something that you can find um so it's certainly not all, all doom and gloom but it's but it's important to just understand you know what kind of motivates you and what drives you and in that sense like finding something finding the right practice area that will highlight those types of experiences and skills i mean i got to go you know to dubai and to japan to meet with clients and talk with them and really work on some high level stuff that's like really exciting that you won't get to encounter anywhere else so if you're if you're able to sort of find an, a path to find those opportunities in your firm and you know maybe get out of the grunt work um that that will probably make you a little bit more enthusiastic about actually coming to your job on a day-to-day basis um which is not always possible but it's something you know it's it's not as though if if exactly what you're working on right now is not making you excited you might not want to be a lawyer it just might mean that you need to find a different word different place to practice it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, and that's one thing that I did too when I was practicing is I was like, you know, I'm going to find joy in this and throw myself into it and, and like it. And, you know, and and it is fun because you can, it's something where you can continue to get better and better at it. And if you can engage yourself in it, then it, it is a good thing. It sounds too like people need to have a real honest conversation with themselves to identify if they are happy or not and not to let it kind of build up their unhappiness build up to the point that again they just they just walk away without having something lined up to go to next absolutely like you might be the person you know you as the potential candidate might be like well that's not me i really am ready i'm totally going to commit again but unfortunately there's other people that have come before you that might have ruined it for you so you might be the exception and you might think that like well that might that's not going to be me but the person hiring you has already been burned by people who have done that so it's you know you're not going to necessarily be looked at with a special lens that like let's look at this person individually Um, people are going to bring their own past experiences to bear on whether or not they want to take that risk yet again and it's already worked out for them poorly in the past and this relates to something that harrison has brought up before on the show where he talks about people's patterns repeating themselves so i guess the important thing to keep in mind is to start creating the right patterns and that let those reveal themselves on your resume and having big gaps in your resume is one pattern that you probably don't want to uh, to show to the world yeah absolutely and you know something important to mention as well is not just having the gaps but moving around a lot that's sort of a similar problem so maybe you weren't happy at your firm and you didn't do the bad thing of quitting without a job lined up but you just went to another firm because that wasn't working for you Jen I know you've had this experience a lot. And that that plays in a lot to how you decide whether or not a candidate is going to be worth working with because of how they're going to be perceived if they've jumped around a lot. Yeah. I mean, firms really value loyalty. I think we've talked about this before, like people not liking the work that they do. And like, you know, this is an industry where people bill by the hour and you kind of need to work on whatever you're assigned. I mean, you can do certain maneuvering once you're in a firm to try to get the work that interests you. But at the end of the day, you know, you're billing by the hour. Firms want hard workers who are going to do what they're asked. So I think loyalty is something that firms value very highly. And you know, staying with the firm long term is super important. I think at a minimum, you should plan to stay at any firm for two years, if not longer. 
um, especially when you get to the point where you're starting to work towards partner. And I've even seen it like I had, you know, the candidate I mentioned before who left his job to travel the world, you know, he'd been with the same firm since graduating from law school. And he also, you know, part of his sort of reason for looking again was he planned to relocate. So he decided to take this trip and then move to another region. And that was enough to persuade the firm to hire him. I mean, another thing that he had you know, that was to his benefit was he could get great reviews from the partner he worked with. But yeah, I'm always really kind of hesitant to work with people who've made a lot of moves because they look a little bit flaky, like they can't get along and maybe don't like being a lawyer or just can't make up their minds. And it really goes against what law firms are looking for because they invest so much in the attorneys they hire. There was something else that Harrison brought up that I found really interesting and maybe something that people don't often consider when they leave their jobs is that when you leave without having another job lined up and you're out on the job market going for interviews, desperation starts to sink in, starts to seep in after a while. And that can kind of ruin you in potential interviews. People can kind of pick up on that desperation. It might make things a lot more difficult for you. Yeah, I mean it's a lot like dating, right? <laughs> if you're once uh, once you've been sort of single for so long, it's it starts to definitely get that stink of, of desperation on you. So yeah, I mean, and then and then the firm is sort of thinking, well, maybe they're not that interested in us. Like this person doesn't have a job; they're just looking for anything. The firm likes to feel special as well, and so they they're really the one wanted. So if you are just sort of desperately like casting around looking for a place to land and that comes off to the firm, they're not going to feel like, well, I'm specific. This We're being specifically courted by this candidate because they really want to work here. No, this candidate just absolutely needs to pay rent. So we've talked a lot about why you shouldn't leave a job without having another one lined up. But we want to give some hope to people that are listening that have actually left their job and are looking for a new one, um, that they either have a bit of a gap in their resume. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, Harrison, you talk a little bit about this in the article, about some of the reasons why leaving without having another job might be acceptable or might not be viewed so negatively by potential employers. One of them is moving back to your hometown or to your home state. That might be a plausible reason about why you left in the first place. Does anybody want to expand on that, about uh, on this and other reasons uh, that you can um, kind of create or emphasize about why you left without having another job? Um, I think a move is a really good reason. Um, you know, in general, employer, you know, it's a pretty easy explanation for a job search if somebody's trying to move. If you can kind of show a convincing connection to the new location, um, I think you know. In the article we also talk about, um, you know, if someone's taken time off to care for a family member who's sick or who's dealt with their own illness. Um, I've had that. I've placed a couple of candidates who left because they had major surgery and um, you know, didn't want to go back to the firm. Um, I even had one candidate who left, you know, this wasn't a very good reason, but she left because she was having a difficult time passing the bar and, and decided to take time off to, to study for that. She actually, you know, got a couple of offers with firms because she had such great credentials and had been with a major law firm for a decent amount of time. Um, I think another suggestion was to get an LLMR clerkship. Um, I personally think a clerkship's a great thing if you're a litigation associate, but usually if you're more junior, I think if you're more senior, it can be kind of a red flag because you're not going to really learn any new skills if you're a fifth or sixth year associate um, getting a clerkship. Um, and then I think you know other good explanations could be you know, related to the firm, things are, that are outside of your control, but really just kind of making it something that's like unrelated to the practice of law itself. It's just more of like, a personal decision, but that you're still really passionate about practicing law. 
And again, I think it's good if you can line up some some references from the firm before you leave, you know, partner references who can speak on your behalf. Um, I think that's really key to getting back into a firm. Yeah, I know when we're working with candidates who do have this this issue, that's one of the first things we ask is like, do you can you get good references? And reference like references when you're doing the job application process are not often sort of front loaded. It's sort of part of like, okay, we like you. We're just going to now do some due diligence and check your references. But if you are somebody who has left your job, kind of fr- being able to front load like we have people you can reach out to from that firm that I was working for that would absolutely vouch for the quality of my work. We will, you know, we as recruiters like to kind of front load that information so that that kind of puts the the person assessing the application a little bit at ease because you're not going to kind of offer those up if you don't have something um, real and substantial to show there. So um, having, being able to at least go back to your firm and, and maintain a good relationship, even if you left, so that you can lean on those references is absolutely imperative. And, and other things that you can, I mean, being able to also s- uh, stress that you, the, the amount of work that you were, were able to do and the kind of work that you did do when you were at that firm is important. I mean, that's one of the other things people like to know is like, okay, you left the firm, but like how many hours were you billing before you left? Because that, as we've kind of mentioned, is is an indication that you were being trusted with the work that you were doing. So kind of anything that you can line up as like external proof that it's you didn't, you weren't let go because of the actual quality of your work or your ability to do the work, getting all those decks in a row is is helpful for sure. What are some other potential explanations that will be compelling to a, a potential employer about why you left? What are some explanations that you can that you can offer? Well, I think you know the big one, of course, is you know moving home. You know that's always a good one. Taking care of a sick, fa- you know, family member. Things that were, you know, wrong with the law firm, you know, if anything happened there specifically like that, you know, the whole group left, you know, something along those lines is always helpful. You know, I think the bar, you know, sometimes if you're honest, I mean, that can help. But the the thing is, is like the bar example is the law firm is always going to have like, you know, lots of people that they can choose from. So any anytime something's a negative, you need to try to make it look like a positive. Can you fill the gap between jobs by... I don't know, for example, going back to school, increasing your education, something like this to, to appear that you, you really had a plan in between? I mean, I think it depends on what you go back to study. I mean, I went back, well, I didn't think law was working out for me and I went back and got an MBA. And then later I tried to look for a law job again and, and I kind of just looked like I was a little bit flaky and I'd been out of it too long. I mean, I think you can get an LLM, like if you're in tax law and want to get ahead, you know, tax is a good LLM maybe something like bankruptcy, or now they have LLMs that focus on like, you know, data privacy or tech transactions or something like that. So I think maybe if the LLM seems like a natural progression so that you can specialize and move on to something else, that could be a good move. But I think the education has to be really tailored and maybe not a huge leap from what you're doing. So for instance, if you're like doing some corporate work that touches on healthcare and you decide to go back and get an LLM to focus on healthcare exclusively, then that kind of makes sense. But if you're, you know, doing litigation and decide you want to do tax, it might not be the greatest move to go you know, spend money on a tax LLM because it may just kind of not make sense for your experience so far. The other thing I'm picking up here is that while it's bad to have a gap in your resume, it's even worse to have a really long gap in your resume. So the emphasis here is on speed. Try if you if you're in between jobs right now, you got to get a new job and you got to get one fast. Am I right? Yeah, and I think it depends on what the what the reason is. You know, if you if you left to start a family, you know, and wanted to wait till your kids got into preschool or something, like I think that's a reasonable amount of time. Or 
if a family member was sick, you know, if there's a reason, you know, that you were gone for a long time. But I would say, you know, otherwise it might look suspicious if you've been gone too long. And and I do think, like Harrison mentioned, your experience can either get stale or you just are no longer used to working the type of hours that law firms expect. You know, I think that might change depending on what you're trying to get back into. Like if you're rather than go back to a big firm, you want to move someplace smaller, it might make more sense. Um, you know, to just kind of take your time and try to find the right thing. But I do think the longer you're out, kind of the less motivated you are to get back in. Um, and then it becomes like Brie mentioned, something more like desperation. You know, you're just looking for a job. So I do think it's better to try to move really quickly. And it also just makes you look like a more attractive candidate to firms. If, if you can just say, look, I wasn't fired. I have these great references. I just moved for XYZ reason, you know, legitimate reason. And just to move really quickly and, and take your job search seriously, because I think sometimes people can get sort of low morale or you know feel like nothing's going anywhere and just not work as hard on their search when really you need to treat it like a full-time job. You know, finding a job is, um, you, know, you should be working all day trying to do that. For those that are listening that are unhappy at their current position, um, or perhaps they're even at risk of getting fired, or those that have already left without another job, can you guys provide some action steps for them to do next? What, what can they do? What, what are the first two or three things they should be doing to uh, to lay the path for the future? Well, I think the the most important thing that and the biggest mistake that attorneys make in, in their job search is they well, you know, they'll, they'll be very, very selective and they'll, they'll do things slowly and they won't look at a lot of law firms. And I think to find a place that matches what you're looking for, I mean, you're looking for a cultural fit, you're looking for, you know, the kind of work you want, you're looking for, um, you know, people that you feel comfortable with, you're looking for a few, you're looking for all these different things and everything has to, and you want as many of those things to click for you as possible. So that doesn't mean, you know, looking at just a few law firms. I mean, you should be looking at, you know, as many as your recruiter is suggesting. And if you're not using a recruiter for your search, then you should be, you know, applying to as many places as you can. And you should be looking at a variety of types of firms. And then also, if you want in-house and government, you should be looking at as many different career paths as you possibly can, in my opinion. I was just going to follow up on, on what Harrison said. I, I definitely think it's important to keep an open mind, you know, especially if you're unemployed. Like if, if your goal is to get back into a law firm, apply to as many per- places as possible, as many regions as possible, maybe go ahead and sign up for the bar in, in the state where you want to move. Like any action steps you can take to just kind of keep the momentum going. Does anyone have any final thoughts or other questions that I haven't brought up that you want to focus on? No, I mean, I think, and then the only other thing I would say is just, you have to have patience in, in terms of doing your job search if you don't like where you're at. And you have to, people seem to focus on everything that's negative with their job. And it may be that the position is completely intolerable. You know, if you're working with a a partner very closely or you're in a position that's completely intolerable, then, you know, you need to um, get out. But the other thing I would say too, is if someone is in a position like one, one of the points I think the Brie brought up that was very good was she was saying, you know, when she left, they allowed her to keep her, you know, she, she wasn't unhappy, but they allowed her to keep her voicemail and so forth for a long time. And you should, you should really, you know, negotiate with your firm to take as much time 
as you possibly can um, to do a proper job search if, if, that, if that's possible. The less time you have, the more difficult it's going to be for you to find a new position. Yeah, I think I think it's important to, to take some action steps within your law firm before you just sort of quit out of desperation to sort of see if they can work with you because you might very well be surprised what they are willing to accommodate. Um, law firms don't like to have huge attrition rates and they don't like to lose, lose associates. So sometimes they might be very willing to either give you time off to get your thoughts together. I mean, it might not work out for you, but I mean, you will never know if you don't ask. And I think people don't ask if they can keep their, their profile up. And most importantly, I mean, when you, if you're working with a recruiter, you do need to be very straightforward with like what the situation is, because it can be, you know, if you're really unhappy, talk to a recruiter, see if you can get out of there, but also make sure that you're letting your recruiter know, hey, we see this happen a lot where like all of a sudden our candidates just have left the firm and they don't tell us. And now everybody's in a really awkward position. So sometimes you just maybe need a little bit of career counseling and a recruiter can be a, a career coach as well as a recruiter, and maybe help you kind of overcome some, some hurdles and offer some suggestions of how to make your life a little bit better where you currently are and keep you in your position, which will you know get you keep you better positioned to to get that next job. So before you just abandon ship, get some help. Talk to people inside your firm. Talk to your recruiter. Talk to colleagues. Talk to and maybe not maybe not colleagues, but talk to um you know talk to anybody in your sort of network of lawyer friends because sometimes people just think that they need to bear it without any help, and that's what ends up sort of tanking you because you just give up. You know, I can't really think of that much to add, except, you know, I think it's good to seek the advice of professionals like recruiters who can really help you and and try to stick it out as long as you can um, so that you can work on your job search while you're still employed. Yeah, just and then just to add to that, just not to be so negative about everything. I mean, one of the things that I think attorneys don't realize all the time, especially when they leave these you know, large international law firms that have been around for, you know, a hundred plus years is, you know, that there are people in that law firm that have figured out how to make it work for them. And, um, and so spending time, you know, and, and, and trying to figure out what are the people doing that are making it work? What are they doing differently than I am is probably going to be, um, is, is probably something, um, that would be useful for you to do as well, because, you know, you may not want to stay there in the long term, but, you know, if you're one of a thousand attorneys inside of a law firm, you can't suddenly say that this is just horrible and everybody's going to leave and it's just a horrible place. I mean, I remember, um, you know, that I heard that about um, um, a law firm that the first law firm I worked at, I mean, I've been hearing for years that it's going down the tubes, that everybody hates it and morale's really, really low. And, um, you know, and it, it just, the law firm just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more successful. And, um, you know, so I think a lot of times what's happening in law firms is, you know, law firms are getting rid of people, um, uh, you know, whether directly or indirectly for people that aren't, you know, necessarily towing the line. They're not towing the line um, in terms of believing in the firm or working hard or doing what the firm wants. And so, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, rather than blame it on the firm or individuals in the firm, you might want to look at yourself and say what well, I can do better, which is you know, the advice that most people wouldn't give you, but you have to say, you know, what am I doing wrong? It's making all these things happen. And how can I fix them? I think that's really good advice. I really enjoyed today's conversation. Thanks everyone for making time. Thanks, Dean. Thank, Thank you. you. My thanks to Jennifer McNeil, Bree Mills, and Harrison Barnes. If you're an attorney looking for change, you can go to bcgsearch.com. We'll see you next time.